<laughs> yes. We're back. Yes. We're back. We're back. Theory Welcome back pre-med, to another episode of Theory Premed. We've missed you a lot. Theory Premed is a podcast following the journey of three pre-med students. One, two, three. Mo, Todd, and Nathan. We talk about our path and experiences as we bring in guests who will connect pre-meds worldwide. Exactly. We we checked on Spotify. It is worldwide. So it is facts. If you're thinking about med school or worldwide. healthcare in general, our podcast will give you the ultimate student perspective. And again, the ultimate student perspective. Emphasis on that one. Also, thank you to Chapman Radio, as always, for giving us the space and time to record. It's been a while, guys. Yeah. Wow. Season two. Season two. <laughs> two. There Season we go. Two. Year two. Yeah. We're juniors. Back. We're juniors now. Now, yeah. We're, we've, we've been juniors. Is, we've been this juniors. Is, what this are you is talking like theory pre-med 2.0 now. Like, yeah. We're smarter. We're better. We're more developed. Right. We're better podcasters. Like another year. A year of experience under our belt. That's right. Yeah. A year in our pre-med journey. We started this podcast exactly a year ago, pretty much. You, you know You know what's pretty crazy? What did we do this week? Uh, Everything. All we signed once. up for the MCAT. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, huh? I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good we thing. registered for the MCAT. It's not amazing. something you should forget about, Todd. Yeah, yeah I, I think when I signed up for that, that MCAT, it was like, oh, this is happening. Yeah, like, I had the exact, I've had the exact same feeling this week. Yeah. Have you guys been getting like a ton of ads about the MCAT, like different study programs oh, and I, stuff? Oh, I've yeah. been getting, I've been getting <laughs> ads on YouTube. I mean, for, me like, too. Since for a long time. Yeah, me too. But like these couple of weeks, it's been every single ad that I've gotten yeah. on YouTube is the MCAT study like stuff. Wow. Yeah, and it's been, I've been like, wow. Okay. You know, Skip. one thing, one thing that's funny was like. And I should probably put my phone away so it doesn't hear me. But there was like one, <laughs> at one <laughs> you guys should probably do it too. But there was one point, like I, w- I was asking my parents, I was talking to them about like the LSAT. And then I also mm-hmm. talked to Christina about the CPA exam. And so I started getting like rotations and rotations of like no different ads, like advertising to me, like MCAT prep, LSAT prep, oh and CPA gosh. exam prep. And I was like, serious? I was like, bro, I'm literally not interested in, in those two. But yeah, that's crazy. So now, now I'm probably I'm going to open up a YouTube video and it's going to be like, want to get a higher score on your LSAT? <laughs> yep, yeah. Like, Are you a future lawyer? And I'm like, no, I'm not. The first review guarantees a 513 <laughs> on your MCAT. Money back guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even the MCAT itself, it was like 350 bucks. No, it was 500. It was, no, actually, no, no. Yeah, mine 350, was 350. Yeah. No, 330 was. 330, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, something around that region. I mean, yeah. like, just the MCAT alone is expensive. I, I heard that SGA can actually cover 250. Yeah. 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 But I didn't receive a receipt. Anyways, we'll figure that out later. I was going to apply. This yeah. is our personal, our personal drum. This is what we're dealing <laughs> right. with right now. We're, yeah. ca- we're still freaking out from the MCAT. I, yeah, yeah, and like we got our wait times. Like Todd was like 6,000. Nathan was yeah. like 4,000. I, I literally had to wait like 40 minutes. <laughs> I was just sitting by my computer and I was like, uh, 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 all right. Okay, for anyone that's signing up for the MCAT, I think the the whole like waiting time, like the, the wait list, whatever they create, it's all like BS in a way. And the reason for it is because... Todd signed in at nine fi- or eight fifty, yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah, and mm-hmm. then he got six thousand six hundred and something. I signed, <laughs> I signed in it. at eight fifty one, eight fifty two, yeah, because I was having a hard time signing in, and I got two thousand. I signed in before both of you, and I got right in the middle, like eight forty eight. Yeah, so I think yeah. it's honestly like just random. I think it's yeah, some sort it's of totally random. There's before. some sort of algorithm we just don't really know. Yeah, but. Yeah. But it was, like, for us, it was a pretty painless experience. Yeah. Like, oh, we were yeah. really worried while we were like, waiting in line. We were like, oh, my God. 
we're not gonna get it. We're not gonna. There's so it. many and spots. Then, yeah, our, our we were able to get the site we wanted and yeah. the time the and the time, days. Yeah. Well, I guess there's only one time, but but the day we wanted. So. Yeah, it's it's nice. weird that it's random, but honestly, it was it was a pretty smooth process overall. So I mean, you I even you missed your time, and yeah. then like you still got everything you needed. Yeah. I had to drive to school, so I I missed like the like the 10 minute window where you can uh, register. And uh, and they sent me an email that you that you missed it, but you can get back in line. And so I did, and then mm. it, it it worked out. But I was still like thirty minutes, thirty forty minutes after I was supposed to actually join. <laughs> but I still got the spot yeah, in time good, that I good, wanted. Yeah. So well. yeah, so I guess on the twenty sixth, we'll we'll be probably demolished <laughs> after that exam. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll you'll hear the the sobbing sounds of pre meds for a month until we got our scores, and then probably may, maybe. Um, some more sobbing noises and, until we, we have to reschedule. But Most hopefully, likely. Yeah. Hopefully we'll Most be able to, to learn a lot about the process yeah. to give information back to them. There's, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. I will say that. I mean, just yeah. talking to people about it, people in med school, people like that have taken it just recently, like there's so much that goes into preparing for it and it all starts now. Like this weekend, I know like I'm starting to set up like cars and like Anki and all those things and it's six months ahead. You know, like it's literally like strategizing everything ahead of time. So you can really do the best you can. Um, so yeah. hopefully after we take it, we could definitely give some advice. Whether it goes well or not, I think no matter what, there's so- something to take away from it. And that's why we started this podcast. It's so we could give th- that type of feedback. Yeah. Um, one. So one more thing that I kind of want to talk about before we actually dive into the episode. I was, do you guys like, you guys feel old? I, yes. on, like, on campus not like like not oh, like old like, like just like like a you know like an old person but like just bit. relative to like other students i'm yeah. starting to feel yeah. i'm starting to feel old i think just being in the freshman classrooms for like SIing, <laughs> i'm like wow yeah. like th- i feel like there's yeah. like a four-year gap yeah like i think about like what like these students how these students have like grown up like and how they're just like well they're two and a half years younger than me and i'm just like if I was a freshman, like freshman year felt so long ago and it's just like, I don't know. I yeah, think like what's was... crazy about the entire thing is how much you've done within those two yeah, and a half yeah, years. Yeah, that's what it is. Because that honestly like builds so much. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, it's crazy. It's just like, I think about how I felt when I was a freshman. I'm like, I feel so different <laughs> now and think about how they must feel as freshmen. Like, it's just, it just feels like a different world. Yeah. it's. I was thinking about the other day, like they're taking all the general classes and going to SI sessions and stuff like that that we did as freshmen, sophomores. And now, like, I don't have any SI sessions to go to. Instead, we're the ones leading no, yeah. SI uh-huh. sessions, yeah. right? It's, it's so it's a transition between lower and upperclassmen, and I, I definitely yeah. feel it. I feel like, I mean, I feel like I have the most sort of, like, unique situation <laughs> in yeah. terms of feeling old <laughs> because, like, I'm taking a class that's literally primarily yeah. freshman <laughs> and I just delayed for a long time and uh, because of I had to take other classes, but now I'm taking it. In this, and I feel like I even in that class, like, I, I don't really sometimes, like, I sometimes don't feel like, you feel like a SI. student in that. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> I mean, it's probably because I've taken biochem, so I know a lot of the stuff and I know the stuff that, like, is like the next level. I can know what's yeah. happening next. And I know what's yeah. going to come next in terms of what they're learning. Like they're learning about like, um, like mutations and like different yeah. amino acids and stuff. And I'm sitting there like, well, like one of them, one of the things today was like, like, uh, it's a, like a mis, uh, conservative missense mutation where mm-hmm. it goes from glycine to, um, proline. But then it's like, or, no, I think it was like glycine or alanine. It was like alanine to proline or something. And, it's conservative missense because it's um, oh it's in the same like group. because it's the same R side yeah. chain group, yeah. and then I'm sitting there I'm like 
well, I mean, proline is a very rigid amino acid, <laughs> which means that it could interrupt folding a lot more than we think right now. <laughs> but I was like just thinking that, and I was like, that's right, that's like, a weird example to to do it for. It's interesting. Yeah. Proline is very different because, like, you know, if you were just a freshman learning that for the first time, you'd, you'd just sit there and be like, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, both polar, I, I, I and it doesn't it. even matter. Like. But, when yeah, I, you know, I took a class, obviously, I didn't even know any of the amino yeah. acids or their functions at all. Yeah. So it would not have crossed my mind. Yeah. So now <laughs> it's just like, I just like, and so when, when we have like, just like group discussions or we have to talk to the person sitting next to us, I'm like, <laughs> like, I kind of feel like I can't just like say what I'm thinking. Like I have to like listen. I have to like listen first because it's like, I kind of. Like I'm ob- like I'm not like I'm like obligated to know because I've taken the future classes already. So it's like with great powers comes great responsibility. It's like I have to time. I have to like be like okay I'm gonna need to I just need to you know hold back a little bit and just like listen first because it's because to promote student learning I feel like it's <laughs> my I feel like I have to like an obligation to be like to like promote student learning because I know <laughs> I've already learned it and it's like I've already learned oh, it in a okay. different class yeah um so I don't want to just like blurt out the answer right like, yeah. I want them to you just starts like overwhelming them with all the like amino acids you don't know I... about proline come on man <laughs> no, what are you no, doing I don't do that I know you have the house <laughs> um but anyways I, I think it's a lot of fun though because I feel like it also does help me um be able to ask questions to, like the students like oh like well what do you think about like this part and so that goes like it gets them thinking more and so, so the class like, basically has two SIs now no <laughs> I don't know I just feel like it it kind of makes it more fun and what I do appreciate though is that it gives me a different perspective because like learning the I guess like the next step before you learn the foundation well I don't want to say it like that but it's like, it's like it's so much better <laughs> than anything before. no no I'm just saying it's like Learning about stuff that is considered more foundational, like or like maybe relearning it or hearing about these things again, it gives me a different perspective as if or like rather than if I was learning it the first time around. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like learning about this stuff, but I'm hearing about it in a different kind of perspective or like the way that, you know, they're teaching it. And it's giving me like a different perspective and like the way I can look at it, you know, relating it to things I've already learned. I know exactly specific. what you're talking about because um in the same way, like uh, Professor Bobadilla like makes analogies that I haven't heard before, like yeah. for bio two hundred eight yeah. and stuff. Like, um, what was it? Oh, okay. For like conser- like we were talking about conservative and non conservative mutations, and she compared it to like making a cake, or like making mm-hmm. a cake with two different recipes. One where you use, or the recipe calls for sugar, but you in one the conservative miss sense you use brown sugar instead. It doesn't really yeah, change yeah. it, but in the other one you use salt. Which is a non-conservative. Yeah, we literally had that in our. Did lecture you really? Oh, okay. Um, so did you? Doctor Shu didn't say that one. I don't remember. But with Doctor RG. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, Doctor RG didn't use that either. I think something new they're doing, which yeah. is I think. And cool. it made sense. It made sense. Yeah, yeah and it makes sense. Um, but like you, obviously, like we just knew it, and then yeah. now we're learning a new way to learn it. Yeah, and I, I think the same. It's the same thing that I'm also feeling for the class I, I do SI for. So I mean, in that one, it's actually my it's my job to promote student learning, <laughs> right? But it's, I've sat through this class. Like this is my third time sitting in this class because I took it as a freshman. I SI'd for it last year, and now I'm doing it again. And it's like I just see the concepts, and like, like you can just mention the concept to me, and like I'll know it, right? I'll be able to explain it, and it. But being able to sit through it every single year and relearn it from a different perspective just helps build more and more and more on like 
on that skill or on that concept, which helps, you know, helps me learn it at different levels and helps me explain it at different levels too. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Which is fun. I, I really like it. If you can tell, there's definitely been a, a, been a bit of time since we last recorded. So there's, there's a lot to catch yeah. up on. I think it's been like a month, a month and a half maybe. Yeah. Um, but I think that's one of the reasons like we're super excited. We've definitely like missed this. It's, <laughs> it's, it's an honestly a great way to end our weeks because we get to recap and things like that. But since then, I think one of the biggest changes in the real world has been AI. Yeah. I mean, one of the bigger ones has been ChatGPT. It's amazing what it can do. I mean, you could have it like explain quantum physics as a pirate. Um, like it's it's pretty nuts. And <laughs> as a pirate. Yeah. No, you literally could if you really wanted to. And like, put the R's and the, yeah. all those weird like pirate yeah, words and things like that in there. But one cool thing is a lot of classes and schools are preventing it. They're like, oh, students aren't allowed to use it. But then within one of my my game development classes, one of the professors is actually teaching us how to put the proper kind of um, like input into it so then you get the best output out of it. Mm. And he, his like philosophy is like, this is a great tool and it could be very, very beneficial in the future um, to like really help you and things like that. Yeah. The reason that I'm bringing this up is because it would be interesting to see how AI really impacts medicine in the future. Yeah. I mean, will doctors just basically type in symptoms and that, ta-da, like the, the AI basically tells you like, this is what you need to do. I mean, to, to what extent do we let AI into medicine? Yeah. Writing to research answer, papers and yeah. stuff like that can do anything. To answer that question, um, I think we should take a couple steps back and just think about like that sort of foundation. I mean, for those who can't tell yet, um, our topic for today is going to be talking about brains, computers, AI, and how that might relate to medicine in the future. Um, but just to start off, you know, brains and computers, there's a lot of debate on whether or not, or you know, how similar they are, whether or not you can build a computer from, or a computer that acts like a brain, you know, if that's even possible. Um, but first, let's talk about like the similarities and differences between brains and computers that we have right now. Brains, computers, electricity. Yeah. I would say both okay. heavily rely on electricity. Yeah. Yes. Um, have you, maybe wait, the way we process things. Have you guys learned about membrane potential and neurons at all? No, you're the neuroscientist. Come on, man. Well, I, I, I was just no, okay. I was just curious. <laughs> this is what he does to the two ways. Okay, I know like about <laughs> action potential and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, but like I don't like this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I assume like you're this, gonna go it's more detail. Kind of, it's kind of same. Well, okay. So I can give. I'll talk about the brain a little bit, and then I'm not a computer expert, so maybe you guys can talk about that. Um, but basically, so to give a little rundown, so in neurons, there's like a membrane potential. So you have a long axon, if you can imagine, a mm -hmm. neuron has like a big body and then a long sort of string-like axon. And within the axon, there's a membrane potential. Basically, um, the difference between the inside of the neuron and the outside is negative 70 millivolts. And so, and that's caused by a difference between ions. Um, and so basically like popular, or well, the ions inside and outside of a neuron are like sodium, um, potassium. potassium and chlorine. Oh, chlorine. Um, is it cat? Hmm? Never mind. And basically those are responsible for creating differences in charge mm -hmm. across a neuron. And so what will happen is once an action potential is fired, then, um, like certain protein channels and like will open and the chargeable or the 
positive charges, the salt, the sodium flows into the neuron, and that causes like electricity to flow down the axon because like it opens, it opens in one part and then it opens kind okay. of like down a line, and that causes electric, like an electrical signal to travel down, and then that goes all the way to the bottom, and then what happens is instead of being electricity, it turns into chemical. a chemical like sort of yeah. thing where it releases uh, neurotransmitters, yep. which go to the next neuron. Um, and then it's integrated in that neuron and then sent down another action potential and just kind of repeats like that, right? So it's kind of like a chain. And oh, I remember in, in psych I learned about that. Yeah. And so it kind of turns into like a sort of fire, not fire thing, which I kind of think of as like a like when you're programming um, as like a... Ones and like, zeros. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you either fire or you don't fire for neurons. Exactly. Um, so that's kind of like, that's that. It's, it's a similarity for sure. It's... The neurons are way more complex than I, I feel like a computer, obviously. But I think, but the thing is, like, if you use a computer, then you don't need to go through all those pathways, mm-hmm. right? You could just be like, if this happens, call this one thing. We got the computer scientists so and the like, neuroscientists yeah. talking about brains <laughs> and computers. So you can literally skip a lot of steps and a lot of energy. Yeah, and so the the really <laughs> the big thing or what makes the brain so complex is just I think it's the interweaving of all the neurons, right? Because Within because one neuron can can talk to like millions of other, you know thousands of other neurons and then each of those neurons can talk to thousands of other ones and so it's like this whole cascade and this whole sort of network this program mm-hmm. it's pretty cool um, of billions of neurons that fire together um, and are you know connected to one another which causes us to have sensations like we do um, so it's 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 really complex and I really like it but, uh, I, I think mean, I think what's cool about it is like how I mean, obviously, sometimes it's short, like short circuits, basically, like your brain. But the majority, like ninety-nine percent of the time, it doesn't, right? Yeah. So, like, your brain is sending all the signals, and somehow it's able to control it in a way so it's not like it just doesn't become like a constant like loop where your brain just gets fried, mm-hmm. which yeah. is like really cool in my opinion. Yeah, and just how like you know certain regions of the brain are controlling different things like there's certain areas uh, in the brain that are like, responsible for language or even facial recognition like um there's this one case study that's super popular about this one guy who like it's like i forgot what his name was but the guy who like mistook his wife or it's like the man who mistook his wife for a oh, hat. hat yeah yeah I and so that, like sorry. he wow. like would i mean like the name suggests, hey, babe. mistake his <laughs> wife as a hat. Yeah. Um, and just really, really crazy stuff like that. Yeah. And there's like a bunch of stories in it. Of, yeah. Of like, and um, I read it for psych in, in, mm-hmm. in senior year of high school. Yeah. And there's like certain lesion studies where like, uh, where people who like have damage in certain parts of the brain, like can't recognize faces mm-hmm. anymore. Right. And so you just like sitting here thinking about, you know, what that could be like is really crazy just not being able to recognize faces and i mean just... that's why the the movie industry is going so far into like developing things for the fa- like facial expressions and things like that is because it connects the viewer and the audience a lot more to the storyline and that's because your brain is honestly like it has uh, correct me if i'm wrong a good portion of it is like designated to um recognizing facial like like structures like emotions on the face and things like that social like, stuff exactly because like i think it was the thing in my game dev class i was reading about it was if you were looking that way okay like away from me and then you started talking i wouldn't really be able to tell from like just your tone if you're being serious if you're being funny things like that a good portion of that comes from what your face is doing which yeah. is, I think is amazing. Yeah. And, and I think the interesting thing about it is like, what if someone's blind? Uh, I wonder how they're like, 
what develops there to be able to compensate for that. So yeah. I think it's pretty interesting. So yeah. as our as our uh, like resident computer scientist, like are you could you give some background on like how computers work? I mean, with computers is start at least for now, um, where it starts is from my understanding, I'm not like crazy good at it or anything yeah. like that. It's you have kind of like the basic code, right? And then that gets simplified down into a more universal type code. And then it goes into like ones and zeros and all that. That's like the gist of it. But the cool thing about it is you don't need like a lot of different letters and things like that. That's why you're able to do ones and zeros because of patterns. And that's how brains work. So patterns, like your brain, a lot of the time when you do tasks, the reason you're able to like, for example, when you wake up in the morning and you put on your, you, you take a shower, put on your clothes and stuff, you're not thinking about that. Yeah. You're kind of just doing it. That's because like you're on a pattern, like you get used to it. Yeah. So at least that's how like the game dev like book explained it. Hmm. Um, a lot of like when you eat, right. And you're watching a YouTube video, you're just eating, right. You're not really thinking, oh, I'm scooping up right now and I'm putting it in my mouth. Your brain just right. automatically does it. It's kind of like a program that goes through. Same thing with the computers is it, it simplifies things down to patterns. So that those ones and zeros become patterns for the computer to read and just fetch. And that's why it's able to just be very efficient that's is because of those patterns. Yeah. So just sense. like your brain, like the computer does the same thing. But computers in a way are kind of dumber and more dull just because you have to tell it, like, do this, do that, do this, right. do that. But that's where AI comes into play where you no longer have to do that. It's more of a thinking. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of the AI also comes from patterns. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. how it knows what to do is because of patterns. That's why when it, you first create AI, you have to teach it just like a kid, right? You have to give it like a lot of information. Like this is what this is what happens. This is what happens. This is what happens. If this happens, this happens. Like things like that, and eventually it can make decisions on its own. Exactly. Yeah, it can create its own thoughts and mm -hmm. um, answer questions where it didn't have. You didn't exactly put it in to answer that, but yeah. it can still produce an answer. So you know, aside from being a piece of hardware versus you know a a big you know white and gray lump of flesh it's not pink <laughs> it's not pink <laughs> <laughs> what all um, the cartoons were alive <laughs> you know like how how are how are they similar similar you know i mean i, I think there's like this idea that we talked about about like um you know firing and not firing like kind of like a true or false type of thing um you know the fact that little parts maybe like in a program versus but also neurons like they work together like things work together to create a sort of output um I think I think it depends on the language that you're coding in. So, for example, Python is it's nothing like the brain, I would say. And mm -hmm. the reason for that is because you're assigning a tasks and it will do them in that order. It can't skip through. But then, for example, C sharp, right? You have it say on click. So when you click, for example, the mouse, it will initiate a reaction. And then from that reaction or that code, it fetches other codes, and those codes will just start going everywhere until like the end is basically a dead end, mm -hmm. which I think is what the brain does. Like, you, let's say you touch something hot, boom, then you, tr like transmitters go up and then like you like feel it in your brain, your brain basically does a whole bunch of things, right? And then goes back down and then tells it like, tells you to move your hand, right? Yeah. And I mean, that's what it really does. Yeah. Oh, that's a basically, bad example. Yeah, like to like dumb uh, it down as much as possible. That's what your brain does. 
Okay, yes, but it, that one is more of an impulse, so re- meaning it doesn't travel all the way to your brain. Yeah, reflexes bounce. Reflex. They go to reflexes come from the spinal cord. Spinal yeah. cord, but I mean, okay. but it it's makes, still it's, the nervous it's the system. Same, it's yeah. the same right, sort right. of like there's a there's a path that it follows, and then it comes back. It goes back to the, the central nervous system, and then comes back out. Yeah. Right. Um, but with a lot of things, but you're I mean, right. You're, with really you're everything, right. yeah. There's there's a sense. A sensory phenomenon that goes back up to the brain, gets integrated, and then it comes back out as an as a uh, an output, basically. Exactly. Yeah. yeah just but like but I think the the interesting is it, thing is is like what it. I mean, if you start giving everyone interest in AI, like you know what Elon Musk is doing right now with just putting trying to put chips in people's brains, right? <laughs> not, yeah. not really up to date. So he's he's trying to do we'll that. Trust and, you. and I think they they get it to monkey, and the monkey like is crazy smart now or something like that, and it's working on it. Um, but like, wow. why, like there has to be some type of issues of just putting that into humans eventually, mm-hmm. or maybe not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I kind of, so let's, let's, let's take another step forward. I mean, yeah. so now we've kind of talked, we've laid a little bit of groundwork for the brain versus the computer, how they might be similar, how they might be different. Do you guys think that, you know, it, it would be possible to, um, to design a computer that works just like a brain? I think no, I don't think. I so. think it is possible. Not and just like a brain; it can mimic, the, mimic a brain. Yeah, like, but like yeah, basically have the same. Action. Right. I think what you would have to do, like, if I'm trying to visualize it, is kind of like implement something within like a person's brain, like a lot of brains, and then monitor their like neural like activity, mm-hmm. and then eventually with all that data, then all the, like and just you're able to compile it all, and then create an AI just from that. Because if you think about it, the brain can't just be like codes, like do this if this happens. Because there's so many different things that are happening. You have so many proteins, hormones, things like that, that it's regulating. And if like, it's just impossible to just be like, do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do this, and that. You have to have some type of like um, system that's able to just regulate itself. And if something happens that's out of the ordinary, it needs to know how to react. So do you think that it's possible to create a program that can act like a brain like like a like a baby's brain where it doesn't need anything supplementary like because you talked about how you'd feed brain data into an ai do you think it's possible to have a program that just or like you know program or hardware or or some sort of combination of the two that can learn and and grow and 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 do other things by itself i think so yeah i think it's possible um i mean we've kind of we're there yet but i think possible we've seen some some of it already i mean have you guys seen those like like actual AI bots that they make look like humans and they talk. Yeah, facial expressions like the mu- have they have like over a hundred and tw- like right. something muscles. I'm not sure if it's in the face the same way you're describing, but yeah, yeah, uh, I think it's possible. Yeah, I mean, and that kind of I mean, it kind of brings into the point like AI and and the thing about AI that I've learned about so far is, is just the idea that like AI, it's a lot of it isn't like necessarily like true AI because it's. It takes a lot of like learning and it takes a lot of um, exactly. different, like it takes a lot of examples. You have to feed it a bunch of examples before it can accurately depict something. And one thing that I uh, learned about that was really interesting was the fact that like one big difference between like AI and the brain is this idea of, of, con- of being able to look at things in context, right? Like if you um, show or make an AI like learn what a cow is, like you can show a bunch of different pictures of a cow and it can learn what a cow is and predict it like accurately, um, 
in like certain scenarios. It's mm-hmm. like if you put a cow on a beach, then the AI gets confused. Yeah. Okay, it's not used to that. Right. Scene, yeah, so. exactly. Versus like a brain where if you showed a person a bunch of different pictures of a cow, like on a farm, and then you show them a picture of a cow on a beach, there's like someone's still going to be like, that's a cow. Oh, that's still a cow. Right. So there's like fundamental differences, um, I think, between current AI, at least, and um, and brains. That's a really good example. Yeah, I think I honestly do kind of think, though, I like to believe that it, it is possible too. Um, I just feel like the way that uh, that brains work and I feel like just the way technology keeps advancing, that at some point it, it'll be possible now the, the interesting with that thing uh, the whole ai like brain thing is let's say you just took out someone's brain and like put in a chip that just like regulates everything mm-hmm. will that person still be there right and that's that's more that's mm-hmm. like that is like a philosophy exactly philosophical to- uh, topic um, which is be- part of the challenges right i mean what is the morality of creating robots that are people and should we consider them people and stuff like that like yeah that's a whole it's, it's all it's a whole different I think part it's of the challenge yeah right? it's definitely a different ball different part. because like right now you could talk to yourself in your own head right the chip i wonder what will it like i don't think it could do that right because it's like it's input yeah. response input response input response yeah so there's no like background type of like thinking going and, on yeah and so that's totally like a philosophical sort of chat that we could definitely have um, but one thing that becomes really difficult is, I mean, obviously the questions that you have to answer. The question that you have to answer in that context is what makes a person a person? What makes you, you, mm-hmm. right? And if you ask someone or you really ask anyone, it's a hard thing to define, right? It's it's almost impossible to define. Uh, it, it's something that, you know, everyone's going to have a different view about. It's super subjective and it's not something that you can literally define as yes or no. Right? Yeah. And so that's kind of what makes those discussions fun, but really difficult at the same time. Exactly. That's that's why I get so confused whenever my sister <laughs> comes home from a philosophy class <laughs> yeah. and she starts like posing these questions. I'm like, I don't know, Emma. <laughs> Give like, us an example. Give us an example. Oh well, she's definitely talked about like what makes a human a human. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And there's she's that. She's posed specific like like qualities that make humans, but I kind yeah. of forget right now. But yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, we've, we've definitely had really long conversations about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, artificial intelligence is something that is becoming more and more prevalent, especially with, um, the recent like pop-up of, or the recent popularization of chat GPT. Um, do you want to talk more about that? I feel like you have definitely a better understanding than I do. So basically what ChatGPT is, is it's a AI. And the way that it started off was they had it, they just fed it a lot of information. And then now it's like a language learning AI. Mm-hmm. So you're able to talk to it, it'll talk back to you. And you're able to tell it basically anything. And most like when it first came out and it had no restrictions, literally anything it would give you a response but now they've added a lot of restrictions to it so like you can't tell it like give me a story about like a dead baby like it won't say that like it won't give you something like that it would be like oh sorry like i don't give out like i I don't make prompts regarding like inappropriate things so stuff like that that, you know Mm -hmm. but originally when it first came out it was like it would skim through all the internet right it has all that information (laughs) and then it would start spitting things at you yeah you know you could ask it to make a poem. You put in like certain things like, oh, make a poem for my mom. It's her birthday. And these are the characteristics I love about her, like things like that. 
and then boom, it would create like a solid, you know, thing. And from there, you could kind of do things with it where you could ask it like, oh, like make it more funny, make it um, more serious, things like that. And it would do that. Like it knows what funny is. It knows what serious is, mm-hmm. which is nuts. I mean, like how do you That's teach so a computer how to do that? Yeah. Um, and then I think the cool part about the entire thing is you could ask it to code for you. Mm-hmm. So you could ask it like, hey, I'm creating a tic-tac-toe game using Python. Create a code for me. That's it crazy. would legit create something for you. And it's like complex sometimes. And it creates the variables. And let's say you run it and you get an error. You tell it, oh, hey, I got this error. It would go back through the code and it would mi- fix that co- like code. Mm-hmm. And all that beca- is because of the information it gets, like it's been taught, right? Like obviously online there's false information. And that's where those errors come into play. But then when you get that error code and you put it back in, it knows, oh, like if this error code comes up, these are the possible issues. So I'll run through the code, check for those possible issues and fix them and so on. And I I guess that's like one of the things with computers is like it's hard to get it right with the first time because you have to teach it and you're not teaching it 100% accurate things. So when it's creating these responses, it's not getting 100% accurate like responses. But with feedback, you're able to get really close to that 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really interesting. I remember when it first, around when it first came out, we asked it like ideas for theory pre med. No. Right. Remember? And it was, I didn't they use were any. weird. We yeah. didn't use any of them. We didn't use them. any of them. Because I, I think, for, with, but maybe we weren't asking the right questions. Yeah. That has like a big impact on it. Yeah. It's like how you ask those questions <clears throat> is what matters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like with those, and at the same time, like our thing is very unique in a way. Right. Like it, it's a podcast, a theory pre med, like a, a pre med podcast. And you're like simplifying it down, like, oh, like I'm doing this episode on this. Like, where are some ideas I could talk about in this episode? Like, there's yeah. so many criteria that are very specialized well, that it becomes hard because it's not on the internet yeah and one thing to keep in mind is that it takes it takes sample data or like it takes data that's already existing yeah right and so it's like the more specialized that we get it's like the harder the harder it is i mean how many other pre-med podcasts are there yeah (laughs) we're i mean ultimate uh, (laughs) student perspective guys come on Uh, but you're right. It, it has trouble inventing things or coming up with ideas or concepts that haven't I been established. S- I wouldn't say that. I said it has trouble. I didn't say it was yeah. impossible. But the thing is, like, I was I'm creating a game board right now for my visual <clears throat> for my level design class, and then I like came up with the entire idea, and I was like, I put it in, and I was like, Hey, this is my idea for this game board. What are some things I could improve? Mm-hmm. And it gave me a whole bunch of like things, like, Hey, this could be a possible issue, but you could fix it using this. Wow. This, I mean, every day, the more and more people are using it, the smarter it becomes right. yeah. and the better it becomes. And, and that's like, that is a little bit of like a benefit for one, but it also is a sort of a limitation as well. Um, I mean, because uh, there was one article that I, I read before about how like, I mean, AI it is limited to its sample data, right? And there was one article I read where basically an AI was becoming, was having biases towards certain races because that's the data that was collected and that's the data that was presented to it. So it would have more um, false, like false results for people who are not well represented in data sets. Um, and, and so it's just like, you know, that's kind of one sort of limitation. And then another thing is that like my lab has done like AI training and it's, it's been a trouble. It's been like a, trouble for us um sometimes is that like when we're trying to train this ai it's just like the 
it's just not able to kind of pick up and see things the exact same way that we are. And it's because, I mean, there, there's problems with the way that like we're collecting data. There's like limitations that like it can't tell the difference between certain things because, I mean, in a way we're limited to in terms of how we can define certain things. But, but yeah. I think what would be interesting is if we bring in someone who actually knows like yeah. what AI is. Yeah. Like Dr. Lindstedt, he does a lot of things with Down syndrome and think, like the whole thing and he uses AI for it. Yeah. So I'm sure he really like he understands that recognition and how like that would be very very interesting because all I haven't le- taken any AI classes or anything like that. I'm just kind of piecing things together. So there could be a, like a completely different way of coding an AI that I have no idea, you know? And it's 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 crazy what they're able to do, but there clearly are limitations. My question is, would you trust an AI in the medical field? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we always got to like throw out a short disclaimer that like, you know, it is the ultimate student perspective, but it is still a student perspective. Like we're still all mm-hmm. learning about these things. We're still <laughs> that's very, great, yeah. that's a great <laughs> phrase. It is the ultimate student perspective, but it's just a student perspective. Let's be real. Yeah, like we're, we're still very, very elementary in um, the knowledge A lot of the that things we that we're have. talking about. Right. Yeah. We are by no means professionals in our fields. Um, yeah, you know, we still have a student perspective. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but to answer your question, um, I would say, like, I'd say maybe in terms of information, but I don't really, I, I feel uncomfortable to, like, actually say, and I, I'm totally biased. I'll Obviously. totally say that. We'll um, be out of a job if, we, if it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, but, <laughs> um, but basically, I, I don't really think so, and the reason why is because I feel like you just kind of need that human element, right? When you know, you're speaking to a patient in a sensitive time. It's like, I feel like it needs to be human to human, right? Because, you know, being able to convey the emotion, convey the understanding, being able for just the person to know that another person is listening to them rather than a computer. I feel like it's just some sort of element that can't be replaced, at least not anytime soon. Yeah. Replaced. But I think, um, there are people who specialize in counseling and stuff mm-hmm. like that that are not doctors and you, they can go to them you know instead now of the doctors. like if yeah. a lot of the hotlines actually have ais hotlines oh yeah doc like medical hotlines no 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 like if you if you're dealing with things oh, and suicide stuff like that hotlines. now i don't think suicide but like certain like hotlines will start you off with like an ai oh. and then if the ai senses like that you need a human okay. then it will transfer you to a human whoa that's yeah. weird which yeah. is pretty I like crazy that, I, don't, I don't like it either i think it's because you're calling to to speak to a human mm-hmm. uh but to go back to what todd was saying i i totally agree i i wouldn't really trust a, an ai with like the overall everything and like i think with, overall everything <laughs> yeah 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 no, you know it. what i'm saying yeah, yeah. like <laughs> if you think about it it's it's a really great tool to get some ideas you know going to get started somewhere like hey these are the symptoms like what are the possibilities mm-hmm. that could open your eyes to things that you might not even be thinking of you know so but i think where it becomes an issue is sometimes doing the wrong thing leads to the right thing you know right. so like in tough situations let's say someone is coding or something like that there's obviously so many different variables but going down to the fundamentals and simplifying things down i think is what is important because sometimes like for example if someone's like heart rate is like 200 and something what does one of the things that they do in the hospital is they'll like lift them up and they'll have their head down or something like that mm-hmm. and it'll basically like you, you you shut them down for a bit and then you put them back up and then they they wake back up 
an AI would see, oh, high, high, high heart rate, like probably administer this medication and lower it, you know? Like, it, I think the way an AI would work is like, it would go step by step by step by step by step. I don't think it has the ability to be like, I need to do this. And then, th- yeah, this is could This could be really bad, but this will actually work type thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's just that critical thinking that right. it lacks. Yeah. And, in terms of surgery too, like if something is slightly off or slightly wrong, it, I'm, I'm, having trouble believing that the AI will be able to adjust for every body in every situation, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas a surgeon has years and years and years of experience and is able to critically think through every surgery yeah. I in mean, every situation. I don't right, know. And that, that's like a little sort of thing where it's like you have to kind of define what the AI is because in a world that's like true. maybe a perfect AI could do like a surgery. I mean, we already know that they're using robots for, sur- for certain surgeries. Yeah. If you had an AI controlling that robot that was able that had enough sample data to account for different body types to like a thousand all these years things, then it, it, yeah, it's like you know, it's it's a hard thing to define. Yeah, um, that's very so it's true. a hard thing to discuss. I think it's 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 I, I think the but, time that we're living in right now is very interesting. Yeah, because yeah. so much is changing and we're at the start of it. Yeah, for me, the biggest things, the biggest points that I think about is you know the idea of. Like, I think that it'll turn into doctors and, like, AI or computers and stuff, like, working more together. Because yeah. I think in terms of information storage and, like, information retrieval, not, like, you can't, you just can't beat, like, an AI or computer. Exactly. It's, like, it's going to be like a Jarvis. It's, yeah, it's because, WebMD, yeah. but literally programmed <laughs> literally exactly to your specifications and Yeah, questions. it's like, I, you know, as smart as all three of us like to think we are, it's like, we cannot compare to how not necessarily like smart a computer is but just how good it is at retrieving information that exists in, like in the like world like stored exactly yeah. and i think that's where ai and like just computers in general come into play because i mean you could you could be like oh like has this ever happened before you know and mm-hmm. then it'd be like yeah this hap- has happened and this is what you did type thing cuz let's say you've been practicing for like 20 years a case happened where it went bad like in year one and now it's like year 20 you'd be like oh i i feel like this might have happened i don't know what exactly happened and your ai has that data memorized and just stored you'd be like hey what did this happen yes okay what happened what went wrong what did what should i have done mm. you know yeah. that's i think it has to be together yeah yeah and and you know just adding on to what i was saying before it's just like I just feel like you need that human element, like True. to be able to relate to someone, to be able to converse with someone and to empathize with someone. I think it's just a human element that, you know, computers, maybe they can replicate like really well. But even from the patient side, it's like knowing that the person you're talking to is a person, right? At the end of the day, it's like, I feel like there's some sort of psychological thing that it's like, oh yeah, that's absolutely. important. Which makes sense. I mean, like with a human, if you die, you die, right? But then with an AI, if like an AI is, I don't know, you have like a, a fake plastic body, that body dies, you could just put import the code into another one, you know? Yeah. So like talking to a human, you're like, okay, they know what that feeling is of like possibly dying and they're going to do whatever oh, yeah. they can to make sure I don't die. It's really hard to, I, I would say that's a good point. It's really hard to keep, <laughs> teach AI a concept of death. Because so. think about it. If whoever's teaching it hasn't died. <laughs> so how are you going to teach something that you haven't like that you basically don't really know anything about? 
Right. And I mean, if you think about like the perfect AI that's able to learn and be like a human, which I mean, is who knows if that's even possible, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like just a whole Talking very big discussion. Here. And yeah, it, it's like a really big, big thing to talk about. But yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I overall in the whole question, can doctors be replaced by AI? I would have to say yes. Overall. Yeah, I would have to say yes, because even though I get the thing with the the human perspective, like, obviously, there's going to be humans that can give the human perspective, but a full doctor treatment, I feel like, can be completely replaced. You know, the surgery. That is kind of true. The the diagnosis. Yeah. All of it. I think certain doctors I think certain doctors, yeah, maybe. I think we're thinking about, or like, at least me, I'm thinking about it, it's like... Like not everything, like not everything is like a life or death situation too. It could just exactly be like, oh, saying. like what medications do I need? Like to I'm take? cold. I have a fever. I like, yeah, you know, like what do I do? Boom, boom, boom. The vast majority of anything a doctor does oh. can be replaced by. Yeah. yeah, and actually, one more thing <laughs> that I kind of want to talk about. There's just one more point I want to bring up is like the idea about like you know technology being accessible, right? And that's another thing that's that's super you know. A, a big like, challenge that would have to be overcome is just the fact that like you know most most patients are of you know of, of an older age like most people who need medicine are of an older age and also the people who didn't grow up with technology now are also of that similar age right so they didn't grow up with technology and and so if we start you know trying to push technology onto them that could be sort of a problem because Mm -hmm. they didn't grow up with it in the same way that we did like for us it might be really easy to like oh yeah like google chat gpt sign up log in start searching but that could be a really difficult process for people who you know aren't as you know lucky to grow up with the technology that we have to i feel like by the time ai gets to a point where it can potentially replace doctors the generations will all know about technology and stuff like that but you're right that's a that's a very Interesting point. I'll mm. tell you one thing though, and this is the reason I don't think, cha- like replacing doctors and a lot of careers with he- uh, with AI is a good thing. Let's say you call Apple, or like Tesla, whatever it is. You you have like you want to reach customer service, and that AI answers. That is one of the most annoying things ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Imagine trying to explain a medical condition that you yeah. have and you're dealing with, and you have no idea what it really is to an AI. Right. And the AI is like, oh, like these are your options. Select one. Well, it's none of That's them. That's true. You know? Because it's going through that program. It's it's going to be super frustrating. And by the time you get to, to a definite answer, that definite answer won't really be what you're thinking of. It's more of like the AI guiding to what guiding you to say what it's thinking of. Mm-hmm. There's going to yeah. be that bias to it. So Very that, true. I mean, like, going, like, I can't imagine being sick, like super tired and just like over it. And having to deal with an AI and trying to explain to it what I'm dealing with. But like with a human, they look at me and they're like, oh, this person's actually sick. They don't need to know that, like, I don't need to tell them that I'm sick for them to know I'm sick. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also like other inferences that people can make because sometimes people aren't the most honest or sometimes people can be a little bit shy about talking about their symptoms or how they're feeling. Um, or they might not even really know for themselves. And so in that way, it's up to the doctor or the physician to make inferences and to like to be able to kind of 
read the person a little bit, I feel like. Totally. I mean, I think this is a very open-ended yeah. question and no one really has an answer to it because we don't know what the possibilities of AI are. Yeah. Like, I would have never guessed that we would have, some, have something like chat GPT or like self-driving cars and things like that. I mm -hmm. mean, that's nuts. Um, but I think that's what it makes it really exciting. We're going into a field where there's, a, there's endless possibilities and there's so much technology going into it that we're going to get to use some really cool things in the future, hopefully. Um, and I'm really excited about it. But I think this is all we have for today. But before we close out, let's say, what is the most pre-med thing to say for today? Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, we're just going to be replaced by AI anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so does it even matter that we're pre-med? <laughs> Imagine, like, the second you graduate, it's like, breaking news, AI replaced doctors. Like, oh. well, it's not the most common pre-med thing to say, but no. I could say it. <laughs> well, you just did. <laughs> I just did. No, I have one. When is your MCAT, reg uh, MCAT date? Or what's your MCAT date? That's good. That's good. How are you studying what's, for the MCAT? What's your place yeah, in, How are you studying for the MCAT? Or like, oh man, I just line? failed my car section yeah. again. Yeah. Bro, cars. Oh, if you guys didn't know this and you're listening in from the people I've talked to, I've talked to like a lot of people and on top of it, um, someone in our, like our faculty who's pretty versed in that world. And they've all said the social and psych section is changing. So it is no longer the way it used to be where you could just memorize it and then take the test and do great on it. Oh. It's more like a cars part two. The majority of the answers are going to be found in analyzing the passages and making references and things like that. So it's no longer memorization, which kind of sucks because it used to be a nice um, ending to the exam where it's pretty easy and it's like, yeah. a, like oh, I know this and boom, I, boom, boom. I have heard, though, that like um, that there's still an element of understanding like a bunch of totally. different concepts that you have to know in order to get the questions right yeah, um, yeah. But, i mean you, you definitely need to memorize the terms and know what they mean but the difficulty there's now more than that it's actually applying them yeah that's uh, that there's more of an emphasis on that from what i've heard yeah but obviously that's one iteration of the test and we'll let you know how that goes during the summer yeah. yeah in some senses i feel like it's kind of making me grateful that i'm taking more psych classes <laughs> but we'll see all right. Well, that's all we have for today. One last thing before we head out. We have changed the the episodes a little bit. So it's no longer going to be every Tuesday at 8 a.m., mm -hmm. right? It is going to be every other Tuesday at 8 a.m. And the reason for that is because we are going to take uh, week breaks between the episodes to do more social media things on TikTok and things like that. So hopefully we could focus more on that and really get our content out there. Uh, again, we really appreciate all of you for tuning in and supporting us. That always means a ton. It's always a pleasure sharing what we're learning and what we're going through. Hopefully, you could connect to it somewhat. I know everyone's doing their own thing. Everyone has their different path, but there is some intersect, and we're hoping to um, really put out our mistakes out there so you don't have to make them or at least give you some ideas so then you could kind of build off of those. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye.